a mistake, a failure is not a label. It's an occurrence. So Mm -hmm. learn from it and keep moving forward. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. I'm excited to have you here today. At our show, we're all about helping you in the pursuit of your best body, mind, spirit, and life. Thanks for being here. If you're watching, you already know who the guest is. If you're just listening, you are going to love our episode today. I've got none other than Sharon Lecter with me. Sharon is the co-author of the Rich Dad series, amongst many other books, Think and Grow Rich for Women, one of my personal favorites, Outwitting the Devil with Napoleon Hill. I love the work that you did there. And um, if you don't know who Sharon is, if maybe if you've been under a rock for a while, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, she's sold over 30 million copies of books, given well over a thousand keynotes, one of the uh, most sought after speakers there is right now. And and I uh, I feel really blessed to have you here today, Sharon. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Ben. I'm delighted to be with you. It's it's pretty exciting. Um you know, I have to tell you before we even start too that, uh, like many people, uh, your Rich Dad series was one of the greatest influences on my business life, and and I know that had I have not read that book when I did, that my life wouldn't be what it is today. So thank you for the amazing work that uh, that you've done. Well, you're very welcome, and I appreciate it. You know, a lot of people read it but don't take action. So I want to applaud you for actually uh, being inspired by the book and taking action to really improve your financial life. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So um, we have lots of directions we could take today and uh, several things I do want to talk about. Uh, Really quickly, I I found it fascinating as I learned about it myself. Before we jump into some of the nuts and bolts, can you give us the quick version? I, I read it myself, but the quick version of how the Rich Dad series started, how that all came about? Well, absolutely. I had um, just sold the Talking Book Children's um, business in... 1991. And um, Mike and I relocated here to Arizona. And our oldest son went off to college in 92 and came home in December in credit card debt. So I was pretty upset with them, but more mad at myself because I thought I taught him about money. Mm. And um, we wouldn't bail him out, but that was December of 1992. And that's when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy and financial education. So I started working with school systems. So I used to have red hair. It's white. Okay. School systems. Um, but fast forward a few years in 1996, my husband called me and said, I met this guy that has what you've been looking for. I was like, when I'm in front of women, I go, what would you think if your husband called you? <laughs> I met a man today that has what you've been looking for. But uh, it was Robert had come in to see Mike in his flip flops and board shorts and Hawaiian shirt with this idea for a board game. Now, understand Mike's a well-known intellectual property attorney. He was up on the you know high floor in a bank building, mahogany corner office, and this guy walks in with this thing. And so, Mike's philosophy is always suspend disbelief when he's talking to his clients to help them create assets. And I met Robert at the first beta test for the board game cash flow. And um, I'm the only one that got out of the rat race, but I loved it because it was absolutely um, consistent with what I was teaching. The mm. importance of buying, building, creating income, producing assets. Don't chase money, chase the assets. Mm. And um, so I volunteered just as a friend to help him commercialize the game. And during that process, he told me he was going to charge $200 for it. And I said, you, know, you might want to write a brochure that explains the methodology behind it that will convince people to fork over 200 bucks because this is 96, 97. 
for sure. Yep. And that, yeah, that's when he asked me to be his partner. And so we wrote that brochure together and that brochure was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So most people don't know that. It was never wow. intended to be a product on its own. It yeah. was meant to help us sell the game. And of course it took over and created a huge, huge life and a huge trajectory of its own right. And so that started, um, we never expected to be a book publishing company, but that was our first of 15 books we wrote together. And then I launched oh. the Rich Dad Advisor Series so we definitely became a publication company. That's amazing. What a great story. Yeah, it's funny how something like that, initially an idea just on the board game turned into what it has today and impacted the millions and millions of people. It's incredible. I'm, I'm curious for yourself because I was now, well, I guess we're 26 years from uh, back then uh, when it was initially getting started. What are, for yourself, what have been some of the biggest lessons as you guys have built that brand that you've learned? Well, I think um, it all started with my talking children's book company, where we learned the power of association. Mm. Um, we had this new technology, kids with sound books with sound strips down the side. And at that time, believe it or not, kids didn't have technology, they didn't have screens. And so we said, how can we get parents to trust us? And realized that in order for them to trust us, that we need to align with other brands that they trusted. So we did deals with Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, Disney, and that allowed us to explode that business around the world because we had instant trust. Mm. And that really is such a huge issue, and particularly in today's world where speed to market is everything. You know, find the best in class and find out if you can work a strategic alliance so that you can get to market more quickly than trying to build it on your own. And so I took that knowledge and that experience um, when we started Rich Dad. We, my husband and I had a, um, a, a printing company. We printed, we published Rich Dad because we didn't want to um, give up rights to the copyright. Mm -hmm. And it was only once we'd made it to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Business Week back then, that the big publishers came to us and they wanted to work. They paid us a big check just to work with us. Wow. And that's kind of the philosophy I had because at the Talking Book Company, we had to pay big checks to those companies to pay a licensing fee. And I said, next time I want this to reverse. Next time I want to build a business where we get the checks. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. So we had, when we wanted to do infomercials, Time Life came to us and paid for to us to work with them. We had a, a seminar company, a coaching company, all of those things allowed us to really expand quickly with companies that had established systems and established track records. And mm. so we could flow our content and have our ability to do quality control and allow us to reach more people more quickly. And that's the, in essence, the idea that I still teach my clients. So how can we exponentially grow by selling B2B instead of B2C all the time. Hmm. That's awesome. It's pretty interesting. And you mentioned how probably even more so today that that strategy is even more applicable and more valuable today. As you say that, why do you say that more so today than ever before? Well, we didn't have the internet back then. Today you have you know, you have a business idea and you can get up and running right away on the internet. But you, in order to really spread your message, you need to find other influencers. You need to find a way to distribute your message to the greatest number of people. And mm -hmm. so the systems and the tools to be able to do strategic alliances and partnerships and affiliate arrangements are much easier today than they were back then. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. 
Um, I want to talk about, uh, I know one of your messages that you live and teach all the time is playing big. And, um, you know, I think that what I've noticed is in the last few years, certainly there's many people that are, but I also feel like many people are kind of shrunk into just a not playing big mentality over these last few years. So when you talk about playing big, first and foremost, how do you describe it? And then we'll come to some other stuff, but let's start with that. Well, I, I launched the Play Big Movement. It's a Facebook group. And the whole movement was launched because I had kind of gone into deep grief and stopped playing big. I lost my son 10 years ago. Mm. And I have always played big, as I said, Warner, Disney. And uh, and all of a sudden, I found myself playing small in grief, mm. looking down kind of with blinders. And way too many people are playing too small. And particularly since COVID hit, a lot of people have got insulated. Mm-hmm. And they, they're not reaching the number of people that they should or could. And so I launched a Play Big movement because I made the decision that I had to play big again. Because I was um, getting, I started to retire. I got bombarded with family and friends. And I even heard my son in my ears saying, get over it, mom. There's more for you to do. Mm. It's such a, an important message to everybody watching and listening to this right now. No matter what stopped you in your tracks, it could have been a death, like in my case, or a divorce, a financial setback, an illness. You're still here. You're still here for a reason. And whatever you've been through has made you stronger. And you now have an opportunity to help others that are going through the same thing. And so it's best to take whatever happened because we all have issues. We do not want to, you know, a mistake, a failure is not a label. It's an occurrence. So Mm -hmm. learn from it and keep moving forward and understand that you have an opportunity to create a revenue source by helping other people through the same thing. That's powerful. That's really, thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, so often it's so easy to, when life happens as it does to all of us at different times to get stuck in that a little bit. Well, there's a natural grieving process and that's something that uh, you, you can't overlook the fact that you do have grief. But what I wanted to do was when I made the decision to kind of come out of stalemate. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to do it alone because if this mm. is happening to me, mm. it's happening to a lot of people. And so that's why I launched the private Facebook group. And it really stands for being number one in your field, mm. living your legacy because your legacy is created every single day with every heart you touch and creating maximum impact. Mm. Maximum impact is reaching as many people as you can. Mm. I love that. And Question for you. So I, I suppose they could get access to the group as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, with that being said, so let's say that I'm listening and I've gone through some stuff and I've been going through that process. I I know it's time for me to step into something, but I'm not doing it. What, what would you say to someone to even get started on that next level of play big? Well, part of it is realize, you know, admit to yourself that you've been looking down in grief or in paralyzation because fear can paralyze us or motivate us. For sure. So recognize that you are not where you need to be and start looking up. For me, when I made the decision to play big again and I launched that Facebook page, amazing things happened for me that were always there. I just Mm. never saw them. You know, I was invited to be in the movie Thinking Grow It's a Legacy. I was highlighted yep. as one of the world's greatest motivators. Um, wow. Those things, you know, I could have not seen them or heard from them if I had continued to play small. Yeah. And so open your world to the possibilities. Look up 
And, you know, your mind cannot hold positive and negative at the same time. Mm. So if you find yourself with stinking thinking, negative thoughts, sit down and say, okay, instead of thinking the negative, let's think about the positive. I have a definition of the word worry. To worry is to pray for what you don't want. Mm. Just think about it. I used to be, I am a champion worrier and I still worry, but I catch myself. And so I focus on, okay, Sharon, don't focus on what you don't want to have happen. Yeah. Reframe your brain and focus on what you do want to have happen. And it's magical because yeah. all of a sudden you're moving out the negative and you're opening the room for positive. Even if something bad is happening, even if you're still in mourning, you are looking for the light. You're creating the light. You're standing in your own power yes. and it starts moving mountains. Yes. Yes. It's so amazing how that, you know, that, that, lesson right there. That life lesson is so important. And I think often people overlook it because of, you know, maybe they think it's too simple, but I've lived it my own life where, you know, I was stuck in the negative and then a shift in attitude, a shift in thought process of, all right, I'm going to let that go. Stop focusing on that and moving towards what I want. And it truly does. It makes such an impact in our lives. Well, one of the ways that I teach is so Mm -hmm. important because we think we have to do everything on our own. Mm. And um, in my book, Three Feet from Gold, which was the first book I did with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, I talk about your personal success equation. Yes. And I I use this in every speech, every interview, because it's such a good way for you to ideal to identify where you need to take some action. And it really starts with passion and talent. That's all about you. Mm. And most of us stop there. See, my passion came from anger. We weren't teaching kids about money in school. Yeah. My talent was I, I was a CPA forever and all kinds of publishing. So I could combine those, which I did, mm-hmm. but I could have stopped and tried to do it on my own and would never have had the success we had. And so true success is passion plus talent mm-hmm. times the right association, having the right people with you, having the right mentor, having the right people on your team, people who are strong where you are weak. That help, that truly is the, the essence of success. And then times A, taking action. How Mm. many times do we know what we're supposed to do? We just don't do it. Yep. And then the final element is plus F, faith. Faith in Mm. yourself, faith in what you're doing, faith that it's needed and necessary, and faith that you will succeed. Mm. And when I start working with a new client, it's usually association and self-confidence they need the most work with. And they go hand in hand. When right. you have the right people around you, the right mentor, and you have a bad day, yeah, you go there because that's where you that's that's where grief is. But they won't let you stay there. They'll bring you up. Yes. And that's so important to have the right people in your life, people who want you to succeed, not people trying to hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned in all the work you've done on yourself and coaching so many others too, that uh that association component of it, when there's the right people, the opposite of that too, though, is that if you're spending time with the wrong people, I mean, it can have a, a very critical impact on your life. What do you recommend to someone if if they know that's the case, you know, these people I'm spending time with? Because I, I know from my own journey, when I had to let some of those relationships go, it was a challenge for me, for sure, as it is for others. How, what do you recommend to people in that situation? Well, sometimes you have to close the door for new doors to open. And it, you don't, hmm. and it might be your own family. The issue is you may not want to, you know, completely get them out of your life, but limit the amount of time you spend with them Mm -hmm. and also have some, some grace. 
I mean, they may be um, heckling and, and trying to hold you back, but take a moment and say, maybe it's they're feeling bad about themselves. They see right. that you're trying to do something and they're not. And yeah. so their, their defensive mechanism is to chastise you. Yeah. And so put a little cone of protection on and give them some grace and then just focus on moving forward and focus on being around people who want you to succeed, people who challenge you. You are in total control of your thoughts, your words, your actions. Mm-hmm. You can choose to leave a bad environment. You can choose to go to a good environment. So who are you choosing to hang out with? Because you you can blame other people, but that's a victim mentality. Yes. Stand in your own power and choose to surround yourself with people who might push you a little bit, challenge yeah. you. Yeah. Because the, the 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 next greatest opportunity is probably outside your comfort zone. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you said that. I think that, you know, when Napoleon Hill's great work, all, all the work that you've done with the thinking or rich, but that word think to choose to actually to truly think. I think so many people think they're thinking when they're not thinking at all. It's just the same thoughts as yesterday. Um, but to actually think and choose and decide is such a powerful well, and the other thing is you know think and grow rich people think of the movie the secret and mm. um you know the thing and grocery was written well before the the movie and, yeah. and it wasn't just think good thoughts and you're going to be rewarded That's he right. talks about going the extra mile yeah. working with enthusiasm yeah and so it really you have to put it into action you want to think good thoughts yeah speak good words yeah take good action yeah yeah, I'm glad you said that because again, a lot of people aren't taking the steps, and if you don't take the steps, then you can, <laughs> then how do you get the opportunities, right? And well, uh, many people in the personal success equation, um, that F that's supposed to be faith is fear, yep. mm-hmm. and that fear is what's holding them back. Yep. It paralyzes them. Most yep. people are paralyzed by fear. Now you can train yourself to yep. recognize the fear because it's normal, and say, okay, here it is. I can feel it. I'm going to turn it into fuel mm. to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I remember when I was uh, wanting to do, I do seminars myself and I was wanting to do them. And, but I was living in fear, fear of, you know, what if my other business fell apart? I mean, all these fears and it stopped me for almost two years of actually doing it. Once I finally said, okay, enough's enough, <laughs> get a hold of yourself and did it and took the first steps, not knowing all what was going to come. It was amazing to see the results that started to come from, getting outside the comfort zone, as you're talking about, having faith in myself, faith in the process. And uh, so I recently lived it. So I know exactly what you're referencing for sure. <laughs> um, I want to switch gears a little bit because obviously you're one of the biggest experts in the world when it comes to this, this idea of mastering money. And, you know, a hundred years ago, this was an important topic. 25 years ago, it's an important topic today. I mean, it's going to be it forever, right? Is is mastering money. So I'm curious on a few things. Number one, perhaps if we go back to when you started the Rich Dad series, so 25, 26 years ago to now, if at all, have you noticed, have things changed in some of the principles with that? Or is it identical? And yeah, let's talk about that. Well, I do believe Rich Dad has created, is the largest, world's largest personal finance brand. And I do believe it has allowed millions of people to take control of their financial lives. Mm-hmm. When it comes to money, you're either in control of your money or it's in control of you. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had lots of ups and downs in those 26 years. We've had several crashes and 
Yeah. Um, and usually when a high level investor, when there's a crash, they get excited because that's when opportunities happen mm-hmm. and they're sitting on the sideline ready for those opportunities right now. Mm-hmm. But chaos creates opportunity. Correct. Mm-hmm. Chaos creates, you know, if you're creative and curious, you can find a way to invest even during tumultuous times. And so I know that Rich Dad Poor Dad has created an entire new dialogue around money and the cash flow quadrant as well. Mm-hmm. And it's something that was really needed. I mean, I grew up in a household where we talked about assets, we talked about cash flow, we talked about appreciation, talked mm-hmm. about passive income. And I didn't realize very few people, if any, had had that kind of education until I got out into the real world. I started yeah. my public um, accounting career and it's like, People had no clue how to handle their money. And I saw how businesses succeeded, but probably more importantly, I saw a lot of them failed. Mm -hmm. And so the more more and more, sorry about that, more and more, I think it was was good for me to understand that I knew something that could help people Mm -hmm. and I had a responsibility to share it. And so... It, it inspired me. It turned up my passion mm-hmm. to know that I could support and help people have a better life. Mm-hmm. And there, things have changed, all right? Along with more people getting educated, a ton more people into real estate investing, all that's really good. But at the same time, there's a ton more credit card debt. The, the government's in a tremendous amount of debt. Mm-hmm. So even though on the personal side, many people have found um, great financial rewards. We are still in a time of crisis financially, whether mm-hmm. it be our individual crisis or that of the government, the global economy. And so it's really important because you can't control the global economy. You can't control your country, your state, mm-hmm. you can control your wallet. Yes. And so be in a master of your money, be in control of your money, because if you're not, it'll be in control of you. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. It. Uh, if you're new to this stuff, make sure you go get the whole series. It's going to help you. If you haven't read this stuff, it's definitely going to help. Um, as we come getting close to an end here too. So with the crisis financially, so, you know, be in control of your money. If maybe I'm listening and I'm thinking, yes, love those ideas. And we're not going to give them all the resources from all the books, everything. They can go get them. But if they said over the next few years, I want to completely change my financial future, what's one or two tips that you'd say, start with these? Well, I would invite them to reach out to us, info at Sharon Lecter. We have a money mastery course. Perfect. That is very expensive on my website. But if they reach out to us, info at SharonLecter.com. Um, I think it's $1,497 on my site, but we sell it for $197 because I am invested in making sure people have the resources they need to take control of their lives. And people are getting out of debt. They're starting businesses. They're investing in real estate. So the the, the course really does work. And I'm happy to, to give our reduced price to any of your listeners. But um, the first thing is to figure out where you are financially. The biggest problem is most people have no clue where they are financially Mm -hmm. and they put their head in the sand and they hope it goes away. And so even if the picture is bleak, just taking the time to assess where you are financially will make you feel like you're back in control. (laughs) And then understand where your money's coming from. Understand your debt between good debt and bad debt and start Mm -hmm. focusing on your bad debt. 
And, um, and and some people say start with the highest interest rate. I say start with the lowest balance. Yeah. Because if you can pay off the lowest balance, that's going to increase your confidence. Yeah. Then you can attack the highest interest. Yeah. But it's really important because even the small steps will make you feel more empowered because you're not ignoring it anymore. Yes. That's such a great lesson. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't tell you, but I've been in the financial planning business for 15 years before I was doing seminars and everything. And the exact same thing, probably learned it from you, <laughs> the exact same thing of teaching people that lowest balance to build that confidence and build that that win, those wins on that, right? The great feeling of it. Thank you for that. Um, two last questions. Uh, so before I come to those, I wanted to, you had mentioned the personal success equation and I know people can get, I think it's on your website or is it personal success? Yeah, you equation? can go on my website, SharonLector.com and there's a link there, okay. or you can go directly to personal success equation.com. Perfect. We'll get that. There's, an, there's a free ebook that takes you through your personal success equation and asks you questions triggers ideas of things that, that will help you identify your passion, be able to think about the status of your associations and give you some ideas on how to move forward. Amazing. Everybody get a copy of that. The other thing I wanted to talk about too was I know you do a daily uh, motivational tip. So if you want to talk a bit about that, I'd love to give our listeners access to that too. Oh, certainly. Thank you so much, Ben. I think you know, when I get mad about something, I usually start a new company. And so um, my my passion came from being mad that we weren't teaching kids about money in school. And I was passionate about it today as I was back in 1992. Mm -hmm. And when COVID started, I got really angry at all the negativity. Every mm -hmm. People were scared to death, negative. There was no brightness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we already live in a world where too much mental illness and so I started a daily motivational tip. They call it daily ATM, a take on bank, you know, bank, bank ATMs. But this is abundance tips and mentorship. Mm. And it's a two to three minute message every single day. I'm just about to do my 1,000th episode. So amazing. Every single day, just to bring a little bit of encouragement, a little bright light. And every single one of them, I end with saying, you are fabulous. And I say it with me, I am yeah, fabulous. <laughs> yes, you are. Because we all we just need to feel good about life. Yeah. We only have one. So let's let's make the most of it. Amazing. Amazing. And that's on SharonLector.com. That's where we'll find that too. Yes. Yeah. And you can go to atm.sharonlector.com okay. for direct access. So. Okay. Amazing. Thank you for that. Two last questions. Uh, I can only imagine the number of books that you've read in your lifetime. And um, so I'm curious what the, maybe give me one or two of your top favorite books outside of Think and Grow Rich. Oh, outside of Think and Grow Rich, because that's um, How to Win and Influence Friends. That's Dale Carnegie. Um, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Um I have mixed feelings about Atomic Habits, but it was, you know, mine, it was a good, good book. Yeah. Um, Four Agreements, I think is very strong. And then yes. there's one that's called The Ultimate Gift. Okay. Jim Stowball. And it is a perfect book for parents trying to figure out how to communicate to their kids. Cool. It's a, it's a parable, but it talks about financial responsibility versus financial entitlement. And mm. I think it's just, it just is an incredible book. The ultimate gift is always the one on top of my list. Thank you for that. That's perfect. Last question as we wrap up today in all the things you've done, all the success that you've had, all the, the upside, the downside, the failures, all of it. 
what would you say for yourself personally have been one or two of the top life lessons throughout all of that, that stick with you today more than anything else? Is stand in your own power. Too many of us define ourselves through the eyes of others. We're constantly, we have that FOMO, fear of missing out. Yep, yep. And I you know, learn. I, I'm not into all that stuff too much, but I learned a new one, Joma, <laughs> joy of missing out. Because, you know, I, for many, many years, I was plagued with the, you know, how are they going to feel about me? Well, you mm. know, um, how's this going to come across? What are they going to think about me? And then, you know, what they think of me is none of my business. Be true to yourself. You know, and as I get to the age I am, it's like you look at it and you say, there's only, they're not coming with you, right? You're yeah. on your own. So stand in your own power, be content. Happiness is a choice. So we can choose to be miserable. We can choose to be envious. We can choose to be jealous. All of those things are negative. And so what do you attract? Negativity. Yeah. Or you can choose to be grateful. You can choose to be generous. You can choose to share a smile with everyone you meet. And all of a sudden, you're going to start feeling more joy because you're attracting happiness. Beautiful. Thank you for that, Sharon. This was amazing. Everybody, I know you love today. Uh, make sure to share the episode. This message needs to get out to the world even more than it already has. Make sure to uh, tag Sharon with it on any of the platforms. Tag myself. Thanks for being here. And Sharon, thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor being together. Thank you so much. It's been a delight.